2: I mean, I understand why everybody wants to come to a country, because it's such an incredible place, and like when Dirks brought me into this world, I was like, what is this? People are happy. People lay you in their dressing rooms. <laughs> they're offering me drinks. They love like you know, each other. They're yeah. kind. They, the more I drink, the more they like me.
1: Hey, guys. It's Breeland here. It's Lainey Wilson. I'm Dirk Bentley.
2: Get ready, y'all. I'm Mel King, and we are wrapping up Country Music Month with a bang. My episode of
0: Country Heat Weekly starts now. Happy Halloween weekend, friends. I'm Amber Anderson. So glad to have you with us for another edition of Country Heat Weekly. And
3: I'm Kelly Sutton. We are featuring some kick-ass country women on the show today. L King is center stage. And honestly, this might be the most unfair interview we've ever done. How so? Well, she's releasing a full-length country album next January, and they've sent it to us. So we've been jamming out to the entire project. I know we both have our favorites, but it's not fair to talk about songs our listeners can't hear yet. So we're only going to talk about the four tracks that are out now,
0: including the latest release, Try Jesus, which I love. I think she likes it here at the Amazon Music Country Heat House. Yeah. So I have a feeling she'll be back. I think so. But you are so right about the theme of today's episode, though. We're going to rediscover the music of Tanya Tucker today. I feel like her and Elle are cut from the same cloth. They both have raised a little hell in their day for sure. Actually, I think they're both still doing that. (laughs) Yes, I think so. (laughs) Speaking of women in country, though, you've seen two of them in concert since I last saw you.
3: I have. It's crazy. Producer Jay and I road trip to Lexington, Kentucky to see Carrie Underwood's Denim and Rhinestones tour with Jimmy Allen. A big thanks to Jimmy's record label, by the way, who arranged for us to see the show. Okay, tell me everything. How was Jimmy? Oh, he was so great. He is absolutely comfortable on stage. We actually chatted with him a little bit at dinner. He's having the time of his life right now. (laughs) He did some fun crowd sing-alongs. He covered a Montgomery Gentry song, which was perfect. Because they were from that area in Kentucky. And then at the end, he did a strip show. I'm sorry, he what? <laughs> <laughs> Well, I mean, he only got half naked.
0: (laughs) He pulled his shirt off and we weren't mad about it. Oh my gosh. (laughs) Well, I'm really sorry to have missed that. And then Carrie was, I'm sure, fabulous. Her show is incredible. I mean, it's a mini Vegas production. Lots of lifts. She flies across
3: the arena on a swing to a satellite stage, kind of like we saw her do at the ACM Awards. And then she comes back in this trapeze orb thing that is very circular do carry <laughs> <laughs> So many costume changes.
0: I tried to keep count, but I just couldn't keep up. Did you get to talk to her? Any behind-the-scenes scoop you
3: can spill? We did get to chat with her for a little bit after the show. They took us backstage to hang out. We had desserts and wine, amazing macarons, by the way. She told us she doesn't use hair extensions on this tour Because when she's hanging upside down in the air, she doesn't want to drop weave on the audience, (laughs) which I thought was great. Oh my gosh, that's great. (laughs) She also told me that if for some crazy reason, she would happen to fall off of the swing, there's no way to get back up. She can do pull-ups. She's strong enough to do a pull-up. But because the swing is moving, it's just impossible. So a cherry picker would have to come out and rescue her. But we are praying that that does not happen. We also talked about all the new technology that she's brought in since doing her show in Las Vegas.
0: I'm sorry, I'm picturing a cherry picker like rolling out there and extending out and like someone trying to pull her up.
3: All I can picture is a cherry picker going,
0: Beep, beep, right, beep, beep. <laughs> the and visual. she's just hanging over top of the audience. <laughs> she would keep singing, absolutely. Oh, yeah, for sure. Oh, gosh, did I see she had fire on stage at one point? Oh, she did.
3: There's a song on Denim and Rhinestones called Burn, and she told us that for the new songs that people don't know as well, she likes to add a few extra effects to keep
0: them interested. Okay, the real question. Which Oklahoma girl had more costume changes, Carrie or Reba? Mm, Hmm.
3: I think it was Carrie, but also I saw them back-to-back nights, so it is kind of a blur. Oh, but Reba did have costume changes on stage. She ripped away the bottom of her dress during a set, and then uh, at the end for Fancy, she comes out in one dress and then rips it off. The red dress is on underneath. It's incredible. And can you believe that Reba had never headlined Nashville's Bridgestone Arena before last Friday. What?
0: Like, how is that even possible?
3: I know. Well, she's played there with George Strait more than a decade ago. She co-headlined with Brooks and Dunn before that, but she's never technically headlined her own show there. And opening act, Terry Clark had never
0: played there before. Well, it's about time on both counts.
3: Agreed. Hey, speaking of tours— I think we may have one that we need to talk about getting tickets to. One we need to go to.
0: Yes, a perfect segue to head into the kitchen to find out what's cooking in country music. Old Dominion is hitting the road as headliners in 2023. You were there when they made the announcement. I was. They played Whiskey Jam, which is a regular Monday night event at Loser's Bar in Midtown in Nashville. This time they did a big parking lot party in Old Dominion headlined. So yes, it was a free show because Nashville, but they announced from the stage the No Bad Vibes Tour. They're taking new acts Grayland James and Cassie Ashton,
3: as well as Amazon Music artist to watch Frank Ray out on the road with them. And all his orders
0: were on the bill that night, right? So you got a preview. Yeah, it was kind of fun because they brought everybody out on stage and they were like, here's the tour. <laughs> here's everyone. And I actually got to see Frank side stage after they made the announcement and gave him a big hug, told him how proud we were of him. And he was like so overwhelmed and so excited. It was It was awesome. They start January 19th and they've got dates scheduled through the end of June. And we have since found out that Kenny Chesney named the tour.
2: We were trying to like figure out a name for our tour and
0: Kenny himself called us and said, you guys are insane. It's right there on this flag that (laughs) you've been selling at our shows. It says no bad vibes. You're crazy if you don't
1: name the tour that. So we said, okay, thank you, Mr. Chesney, we will.
0: Now, dates are posted on their website, but there are some big holes in the schedule. So it's my prediction that they're going to add some more. How many shows do you think you'll see? As many as possible. I for sure want to go to opening night in Evansville,
3: Indiana. Yes. I mean, it's in January. I love having something to look forward to in January.
0: That's a good call. In other tour news, George Strait is doing a stadium tour in 2023. Nine dates, including Nashville's Nissan Stadium next July. Chris Stapleton and Little Big Town are opening. Now, this lineup played two stadiums together this year. And George said it made him want to do more. Now, lately, when George has been touring, he's been playing in the round. But this tour will have a traditional stage at one end of the field and minimal production. Nobody goes to a George Strait show to be
3: looking for pyro or costume changes, that's for (laughs) sure. They just want him to stand there in his
0: starched Wranglers and sing all those hits. Exactly, exactly. The first show is May 6th in Glendale, Arizona. And finally... We need to run down all the baby news. Let me pull up my notes. I mean, it's a lot to keep track of. Randy Hauser and his wife,
3: Tatiana, actually had a baby last month, but they just announced it to the world last week.
0: Harlan Banks Hauser. They're going to call him Banks. That's really cute. Do you think he was named after legendary songwriter Harlan Howard? I mean, that was the first thing I thought of, but it might be a family name. I'm not sure. Speaking of names, do we know the name of Chris and Lauren Lane's son yet? Baker.
3: Baker. I was hoping they would stick with the TV character name theme. Dutton was named after the Yellowstone family. So I was kind of hoping for like Brady or Tanner or Simpson.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well, apparently Baker's arrival was a bit chaotic. Lauren's water broke early and she drove herself to the hospital in Chris's truck because she didn't have enough gas in her car to get there. (laughs) And as we
3: record this, we are keeping an eye on our phones, awaiting Scotty McCreary baby news. Gabby was due on Halloween, but Scotty had to postpone an interview we had with him this week. So just guessing maybe their son arrived a
0: bit early. We need to get busy making those country heat onesies. <music> I was so excited to see Friend of the Pod Lily Rose was on the cover of the Country Heat playlist this week. And then, even more excited to discover, it's because she has an Amazon original. She has covered Bruce Springsteen's Dancing in the Dark, and it's awesome.
3: I love when we get something unexpected
0: from the artists. I was looking at Lily's tour dates, and she's playing my hometown next month. Fort Walton Beach, Florida. You need to show up for my girl. I mean, we just might be there. I think we should go. Yes. I mean, the beach and Lily, and we have a free place to stay, my parents would be thrilled. Oh, uh, we're doing it. Party at my parents' house. <laughs> okay, Kelly, what are you digging on the playlist right now? Have we talked about this Kip Moore
3: Morgan Wade duet yet? If I was your lover? What's happening here?
0: What do you mean, what's happening? What are you implying, Kelly? I'm not implying. I'm just <laughs> asking. <laughs> Kelly, country artists sing love songs together all the time. Yes, <laughs> I understand that.
3: But have you seen the video? It's st- Steamy. I mean, it's steamier than Marin and Ryan's duet, and we know something's <laughs> going on there. Kip and Morgan have hands and lips going
0: everywhere. I mean, wow. <laughs> well, yes, I've seen it. And yes, it's steamy. Kip says that they're just fans of each other's artistry. <laughs>
3: they probably needed a lot of fans on the set that day. It's steamy. I love it.
0: I yeah. also love this song. Yeah, this song's really good. And because it's almost Halloween, we have to share the haunting tale that Hardy and Lainey Wilson have on the playlist right now, wait in the Truck. I knew
1: right then I'd never get hit again when said to me, wait in the truck, just wait in the truck.
3: Now, all of a sudden, Hardy comes around. He's like, I got this song. I think it's the best song I've ever written. And I'm like, whatever, everything you write is incredible. But I listened to it and I was like, I got to be a part of this. I know I got two truck songs out there, but there was something about it that just made me feel like, my gosh, this is a reason why I even fell in love with country music to begin with. Because nothing like this has been on the radio in a very, very long time. Lainey's going to be a guest on an upcoming episode of the podcast next week, right? That's right. She is the most nominated artist at the CMA Awards November 9th. And then next week, we get to watch her make her acting debut on Yellowstone, Oh,
0: and by the way, she has a brand new album coming out on Friday. We've got lots to talk to her about. (laughs) And she mentioned having two truck songs. Her song, Heart Like a Truck, is also on the playlist, along with tunes from her fellow CMA nominees, Luke Combs, Little Big Town, and Miranda Lambert. The only place to get the Country Heat playlist is through Amazon Music. Ask Alexa. Play Country Heat.
3: Before we go to break, we're going to play a little game called Who Said That? We read a direct quote
0: from a country star, and you try to guess who said that. This week's quote is I've not had a chance to take center stage on Country Heat Weekly, but it's happening. Looking forward to hanging out with you, Kelly and Amber. Oh, intriguing. Okay, is this someone we know is coming to the podcast, or are we breaking news here? (laughs) I don't know. (laughs) We'll find out when Country Heat Weekly returns.
1: Hey, everyone, this is Keith Urban wishing you a very spooky happy Halloween. Costumes and candy. Yeehaw. It's Cole Swindell. Happy Halloween. Hey, everybody, it's Dan and Shay.
2: Hey, y'all, Marin Morris here.
1: And I'm Russell Dickerson. The second half of Country Heat Weekly is coming up. Y'all stick around if you dare.
3: Ready to pop the question?
0: We're back, and it's time to tell you who said that. Okay, Kelly, we don't really have audio of someone saying that, but if we did, it would come out in a sexy Australian accent. <gasps> <laughs> Keep, Keep Kelly's dreams are coming true. He's my favorite. He's my favorite human. My favorite to talk to. I just can't. When is he coming in? Keith will be here for the November 17th episode. So make sure you're following Country Heat Weekly wherever you listen to podcasts so you don't miss it. Woo!
3: Today's center stage guest is unapologetically herself, and we wouldn't have it any other way. Elle King was born in California while her father, Rob Schneider, was a cast member on Saturday Night Live. After her parents divorced, she moved to
0: Southern Ohio and started to develop her passion for music. In 2015, she would make her debut with her Love Stuff album, which featured her breakthrough Grammy-nominated hit, X's and O's.
3: She earned two Grammy nominations, both in the rock category. Now, she went on to receive two more Grammy nominations, one for her duet with Dierks Bentley, Different for Girls, and another for the recent collab with Miranda Lambert, Drunk and I Don't Want to Go Home, which also earned them two CMA Awards. Both songs, we should add, went to number one. In fact, the song with Miranda marks the first time a duet by two women has reached number one in country music since Reba and Linda Davis did it back in 1993, if
0: you can believe that. She's recorded her first country album, Come Get Your Wife, which won't be out until January. But there are several tracks available to stream now that we're going to talk about. And we need to chat about motherhood. She now has a son named Lucky Levi. She may not
3: be America's sweetheart, but she is here with us. Welcome, El King, to Country Heat Weekly. Thank you, thank you for having me. How do you like our Amazon Music Country Heat house? Uh, I'm moving in. Okay, good. So it's
0: great. <laughs> we were taking selfies in the dolly room already. Yes, we are so happy to have you. The world first came to know you through your rock and roll hits like X's and O's, but you're a country girl at heart.
2: I am, and it's funny because I got signed because of a country song. Living in New York, and I mean, I was playing banjo, and well, I was definitely underage, and I somehow would like sneak in, and um, my mom would carry my instruments, and um, I had this song called "Good to Be a Man." We still play it. It was on my first EP, and I got signed in New York City, and I'm now signed to two labels. But me and Tyler Childers are the only country artists on Sony RCA in, in New York. It's pretty badass, I think.
3: Well, it's interesting because you brought up the banjo. I mean, you're probably the only rock artist that I know of that plays banjo. So were you just not conscious of the fact that like, hey, this is more of a country instrument or did you do it purposely because you wanted it to set you apart? No, definitely not.
2: In all honesty, I saw um, a cute guy playing it and I'd played guitar um, poorly, Uh, still play it pretty poorly for, I don't know, since I was like 11 or 12. But I, when I was young, my mom made me take music lessons and I studied with Suzuki on violin and then um I was like mom I quit I'd like to be an ice skater but what they teach you is ear training and so I don't play anything super well but I can figure it out and Mm. I've always said it's like if I can write a song on it I can play it which technically I'm queen of the loophole technically is real (laughs) so I've always really been drawn to stringed instruments and um and I saw this, like, really cute boy when I was living in Philadelphia playing it. And I was like, can I try that? And he was like, yeah. And I was like, oh, this is not like a guitar. It's like a completely different thing. And it, I never—I was in art school. I wanted to make short films. And I just played music in the park and skipped class. Like, I had no—I just played music for fun. And um, I never—I never was like, I'm going to be a banjo chick and—, and do this and blah, blah, blah. No, it was just like very natural and like, oh, you're a guy playing it? Like, give it to me. I,
0: I can figure that out, too. This album, one, we love it Thank so you. much. But it's called Come Get Your Wife. Yeah. We have to talk about this title. Yeah. Yeah. Because as soon as I saw it, I was like, there's a story here. <clears throat>
2: Hang Let's on. Let's take a sip. <laughs> Okay. I am an extremely competitive person. Mm -hmm. I'm not good at pool. I'm not good at darts. I'm incredible at air hockey. Okay. Almost unbeatable. Okay. However, my favorite thing in the world is talking. Okay. And I spend, I mean, at least the last 13 or so years of my life, whether it's been in a van and a sprinter or on a tour bus with at least 15 men. Okay. And I'm a tomboy and I also like to drink. I love to go to bars, not just to sit and drink. I like to go to bars and I like to play pool. I like to play darts. I like, I love to just do that. We always play game. We've got Scrabble, we play cards, we play dice, all of it. And that's just what we're into. And I'm used to being one of the boys. And so I was out with some people and I'm not married, but I have a child with this man and I got a beautiful diamonds on my family he's my husband you know we just haven't signed the paper yet that is important to me so i'm just like oh my husband's here and um i had won a bunch of games and then i was kind of losing so what happens when you start to lose you start to, you know what i'm saying
0: (laughs) yeah you want
2: to throw them off yeah and it's part of the fun of it sure but i said something and somebody shouted over me to my partner and said come get your wife and i just remember like it takes a lot to make me speechless, and I've never had somebody speak over me like like someone was going to come put me in my place. It's like, good luck, okay? And he ain't the one, you know. He he loves me, and he would never he would never be like, don't do that. It was just it, it was really weird and interesting. I then went on to win the next game. Okay, yes, she did. Uh-huh. And I, I just had never experienced that, and you know, it was something I learned a lot from that experience. A week or so later, we had been talking about, like, oh, what are we going to call the record and blah, blah, blah. And I was just saying, like, hey, remember when, I, when that guy said that to me? And I was laughing. I said, oh, we should call the record Come Get Your Wife. And everybody laughed, which is how the best things in my life have come to be, like X's and O's. We wrote it less than an hour. And I was like, they're never going to go for this. They're never going to let me put it on the record. I thought that we were going to use America's Sweetheart as the, yeah. the first single. And then it was the single, Changed My Life, you know? And so I think that it's important as, you know, we laugh about the title of my record. I think it's also so important to remind other people that— Yes, that can still exist in any genre, in any workspace, in any place in the world. But there are also incredibly talented, wonderful, amazing people who are helping lift everybody else up around them, regardless of gender, based on talent, based on kindness, based on a good record. Also, like, I kicked his ass, but...
0: (laughs) You won that next game. I love that so much. I love it so much. So we want to dig into the process of creating this album. What was your mindset going in? Did you sit down to specifically write a country project? I was so pregnant. I actually told Miranda that I was
2: <laughs> on the day of the drunk music video shoot. She texted me, I'm, "I'm making a Tito's. You want one?" And I said, "No." Dot dot dot. And she goes, "You pregnant?" <laughs> And I, I, and so I was like, yeah, and um, I had no idea that Drunk was going to do what it did. I knew that I was sitting on something, because I had originally written Drunk the day after I wrote America's Sweetheart when I was about 24 years old. I was just very green. And so I sat on the song, and I'm glad I did, because I wasn't happy with the verses. And then I went on tour with Miranda. She gave me a chance. I had nothing on country music radio. She just likes to have a good time and wants to put on a great show for her audience. So she brought me on tour, and we became friends. I rewrote the song. and so. I asked her to do it, and I never in a million years thought that it would do what it did. I thought that, A, anything with Miranda Lambert is wonderful, and amazing, and badass. We had hoped that it would go from, you know, pop to country, which it did. And through that, I was approached by a label in Nashville, um, Southern Nashville, Columbia, and they said, we want to sign you. We, we believe in, in drunk. And I was like, I'm signed. They're like, we know, we know you're signed. Um, we al- we also want to sign you. And I was like, uh, okay, like that's cool. And so through that, I had to learn a lot about country music radio and how country radio is going to give you airplay. They want to know, like, you know, like, okay, so w- what are you going to back it up with? I was like, okay, I had made a whole pop record because I was very pregnant, five, six months pregnant, and I was trying to set myself up to, like, have a few months. I knew the world was going to wake up again, and I was trying to ask for a few months to just be a mom because I knew I wasn't going to know what to do. And um, near the end of my pregnancy, they are like, okay, you're going to have to make an EP because we have to give them something else. And I was like, okay, well, I love making music, and I love the country world. Whatever I got to do. So I had the baby. I started making the EP. And um, they're like, we really like it. Should make a whole record. And I was like, okay. I I feel like, you know, I've had the baby for a few months now. I'm like, no more breastfeeding. Let's drink, make a record. (laughs) And um, I said, this is Nashville. This is the best songwriters in the world. Send me the best songs. Send me songs written for women. Send me songs written for men. I got a song sent to me called Out Yonder written by um, a young girl named Ella Langley and also Bobby Hamrick and Matt McKinney. And I heard it. I just got chills thinking about it. I heard it and I was like, I said, who wrote that? I said, 22-year-old girl. And I said, get me her. They they put Matt, Bobby, and Ella on a tour bus and sent them out for two days to write with me. And we wrote half the record together. And then I cut a few other songs that were um, inspiring to me. And it was the most joy—like, I've made a lot of records, and I made two records last year. One pregnant, one very fast country album, and I've never been—like, besides my son, I've never been more proud of anything that I've ever made. And I didn't realize that everything, like, all of the different genres that I've sang and played and been inspired by and everything that I do— I just didn't know yet that it would all blend into what country is to me. I just can't wait for everybody else to hear it.
3: Everything you didn't know you needed.
0: Yeah. Do you yeah. think you'll live in both worlds now? Now that you've gotten kind of immersed in, because everything you said, is we would so, like you all to ourselves. I know. But, like we're really <laughs> selfish if we have to here. share you. We will.
2: <laughs> well, I mean, my my band has been with me for a really long time. And I call them the brethren because they are my brothers. And, I mean, sometimes they let me sleep in and they take the baby up on the front of the bus and they play with him. Like, we are family. And, um, and we've always joked because we're—I'm not trying to toot my own horn or anything, but we do— Like all the, we do it well. We do rock well. We do pop well. We do country well. We we love playing soul and R and B. And so we've always joked like El King and the Brethren do rock. El King and the Brethren do country. And it was always just like kind of like a dream of ours, you know. And um and so I don't know what the I don't know what's going to happen. I'm also still sitting on a really incredible pop record that I made, but I'm I've put my all into this, and I know that I have this beautiful pop album. And I know that it will come to fruition and on its own time. Like, drunk took eight years, you know? Mm -hmm. So I'm just going to be like, I don't need to put pressure on myself. I'm going to go with what is happening right now. And this is where all of my heart and emotions and everything is going. And so I don't know. I don't know. I'm just going to continue to keep making music as I make it. How do you think becoming a mom has influenced your music. He's like my biggest driving force. And, and being a mom to him has really helped me. I'm like, I, I have to make it. I have to make it for him. And I just enjoy the presentness. I'm still learning, still trying to figure it out. But I, I just want to do and I want to create. I want to stay busy. I want to work. I want to work. And I want to show my son that anything you want to do you can and i just want to be the best mom um that i can be and also that has led me to wanting to be a better sister a a better partner a better friend a better boss everything because i just want to make my son proud
3: over a year old now
2: yeah i quit counting like six months because these moms (laughs) are like he's 27 and a half weeks old 27 months old i'm like how many how many years is that (laughs) i know that ain't me He's one. He's he's freaking one. He's, he's one. Yeah, he's one. He's
3: one. <laughs> okay, so we've heard the whole album. We are going to focus on the songs that are out I now. I talk a lot. We need to have a wink at me when I need to sl- quit no, talking. No, we love listen, this. we are loving it all. Um, we want everyone listening. Pre-order the album now. You're going to want all 12 of these songs. They are amazing. Let's start with Try Jesus. Yeah. Okay. (laughs) Your face. Yeah. (laughs) yeah. Tell us about the song. Where did this one come from? Give us all the backstory. So Try Jesus
2: was sent to me. It's interesting because I have, um, I lost my grandmother probably five or six years ago. My grandmother was a very, very religious woman. And so everything, I was a mess in life and probably still am. And um, I felt like maybe I didn't know how to get my faith or deepen my roots in what my faith or my spirituality is whatever it is to anybody and so I have this baby and I uh, how do I teach him right and wrong what do I tell him that I believe that is bigger than me so all of this was just like little seeds being planted when we we started praying before shows and um, when, when I first asked somebody I was like hey like you guys, want, you guys want to, like, pray or something before a show? <laughs> Everyone was like, ha, 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 that's funny, Al I was like, no, I'm serious. Like, I really would like to, like, um, just, like, have a moment of, like, gratitude before we go on stage. And they're like, okay. And then after a few days of doing it, everybody would, be, would come in the room and be like this.
3: Yeah. Ready? <laughs> Hands out. Let's yeah. do it. It's so sweet, you yeah. know?
2: And so I was just trying to figure that out. And then um, I got sent Try Jesus. First of all, I listened to it, and I was like, this is country X's and O's. Every verse and stanza is like a different relationship. And I was like, okay, so that helped my brain connect. And then I was like, it's also a banger. This is such a good song. I, Jesus. Me down. Got me singing. Hey, I hope that people know that I, I, I would— I would never be blasphemous, and I would never, ever um, make light of Jesus or God. Um, And so I think it's important to share a little bit of me trying to come back to my faith and how this kind of came to me as like I think a blessing and a gift. The gospel choir, yeah, it's beautiful. I mean, chills when that came in. I love gospel music and I love gospel singers, and I try to put them on every record. I try to put if I could have a gospel choir on every song, I would. If I could have
0: a gospel choir on tour, I would. (laughs) Well, of course, country music fans first met you when you teamed up with Dirks for Different for Girls. Y'all are back together with a song that we have on our country heat playlist called Worth the Shot. Actually, funny story, my boss, Shane McAnally, yeah. wrote both songs. Yeah. But Worth the Shot, mm-hmm. I have the demo on my phone. I have it from like probably when I first started at Smack. And it just plays, you know, when you get on, you get in your car and yeah. like songs that you've downloaded just yeah. start playing. Yes that song always comes on. (laughs) So when I heard that you guys were doing this song, I lost it. I was like, oh my gosh, this is perfect. This is, again, what I didn't know I needed, them coming back together to do this song. So how did that come about, you guys reuniting for this song specifically?
2: Well, Ross and Dirk's work a lot together, which is how I initially met Ross. And even though we were friends and that Ross produced different for girls. I just remember being like, okay, when they asked me like, who do you want to produce a record? I was like, I don't know. I was like, who did uh drunk on a beach? Or Somewhere on a beach, right? Yeah. They're both uh-huh. Rocks. They're both Ross. Yeah, yeah. Drunk on a Beach. Um because I also like am, I love Dirks' music. I try not, it's hard for me to not fangirl because I'm like, oh we're friends. It's that's, that's awkward. Okay. But Somewhere on a beach is like, it's an anthem for me. Okay. And I said, well who did all Mary was like Ross, and I was like, "Ask Ross if he'll do my freaking record." So we're doing the EP, and everybody broke for lunch. And Ross was like, "You know, I've got this one song, and Dirks is singing on it. Dirks cut it, and it didn't it it didn't make his record. And so I was, he was like, "You want to just try and cut it and sing it?" And I was like, "Okay, yeah, sure." And I was like, "Well, Dirks, do it with me, Mary, my manager, and Dirks' manager." And Ross was like. This is what you have to do in country music, apparently, and I've had to do it now a few times. You're gonna have to text him and ask him.
0: Mm-hmm.
3: Yeah,
2: and I was like, oh gosh, dang it! And in the pop and every other world, it's like, ma- yeah, my manager called. I is like, and uh-huh. country, it's like you, you're gonna have to text him. It's like, yep. oh.
0: <laughs> That's like Dirk's texting Breland. Yeah, Dirk's Bentley, country singer. That's how I
3: texted Breland the first time. Hey Breland, I really like your stuff. This is Dirk's Bentley, comma country, country, country singer. singer. No, <laughs> he's got no text game. Don't let him no. fool you. Yeah, honestly, he don't have a
2: lot of game in a lot of different <laughs> aspects, except for singing and making great <laughs> records and being a great performer. He's such a nerd in every other in every other arena. Really but God love. love him; he's so sweet and he's the mm-hmm. loveliest human being. And so then after I recorded it and I, and I asked him, and he's just like, he said. I texted him and he sent me back a video of him driving with all the windows down. It's like, yes, I would love to do it. Thank you for asking me. And I was just like, why Why are you this way? Yeah. Dirks and I could sing the alphabet together and we would have fun. And I, I love being around him. And you know, I felt like he gave me the song. We changed the key. He still sang a higher and he killed harmony and he's the best.
0: Well, the full album comes out in January. So when it comes out, you'll have to come back and we, we can just chat all over I'm again. I'm not leaving
2: this house. No, so I know.
0: that's, that's true. don't know what we'll like you guys are talking it, about. We'll, we'll play more of it, then. So we love to manifest things here on the podcast. Okay, like, great. We like to light our dolly candle and just like love. bring in the good vibes love. and all of that. So looking ahead to 2023, what is on the vision board for next year?
2: Oh, Oh, my gosh. Say uh. it. Say it out loud. If Dirks Bentley doesn't take me on tour, I'm going to kill him. I'm going to kill him. <laughs> there you go. Did you hear that, <laughs> Like We could do a weekend with her. That's all we can handle of Elle. <laughs> I'll take a weekend. No, I just, I, I just, you know, this whole year of like, uh, I, I want to continue to tour with friends. And um, it, it just is so joyful. So
3: I'm going to manifest that. I like it. Me too. Oh, uh, we can't wait to see it all happen.
0: Congrats on all the things. Thank you. We are wrapping up our four-part series rediscovering some strong-willed women of country this week to mark Country Music Month. This future female vocalist of the year got her start at a very early age. Tanya Tucker had her first country hit at 13 years old, and even as a teen, she wasn't afraid to sing about topics that raised eyebrows among some country music fans.
3: It paid off, though, because it was one of those unconventional songs that earned her two Grammy nominations before she hit 17 years old. Now, over her career, Tanya has also amassed 23 top 40 albums, 10 number one hits. She's earned two CMAs,
0: four ACMs, three CMTs, and the list goes on. Tanya's career started to take off in 1972, which means many of our listeners grew up listening to her on 8-track. And some of our listeners have no idea what an 8-track is. (laughs) With a career spanning five decades, it's no surprise that her catalog of music is massive. We've got a lot to cover, so let's dig in.
3: Tanya Tucker was born in Seminole, Texas, and boy, did she love the state that raised her. Early in her career, she recorded Texas When I Die, which pays tribute to her Southern roots and even compares Texas to heaven. It was released off her 1978 record TNT. And if you listen real close, you'll hear her name drop country icon, Willie Nelson. I'd ride through all the pal and half
0: Okay, let's back up a bit to how she got her foot in the door. Tanya was discovered by producer Billy Sherrill at 13, and in that same year, she earned her first recording contract with Columbia Records and saw great success with the now classic tune, Delta Dawn.
3: Her first single, which was also the title of her debut album, was all about an aging Southern belle who was basically waiting for a toxic lover to return to her. Fun fact. It was first released by Bette Midler in 1971, but it's mostly known from Tanya's 1972 recording. dawn, what's that flower
2: you have on? Could it be a faded rose from
0: days gone by? The next year, Tanya got her first number one with What's Your Mama's Name, Child. Once again, there's another mention of a past lover.
3: These lyrics are so visual as it tells the story of a man who came to Memphis asking about an ex. But when no one seems to be able to help him, he looks to a young, green-eyed girl. He asks her who her mom is and if she's ever talked about him before. This sounds a bit creepy. (laughs) Creepy. (laughs) Oh, wait. It gets better. The song says that the man was arrested for talking to the girl. And when he died, a letter was found in his coat pocket that read, Said you
2: have a daughter,
3: and her eyes are Wilson green.
0: Okay, is this a song or a movie? It does kind of feel (laughs) like I'm listening to a whole movie unfold in a three-minute song. Remember when we mentioned Tanya had a few songs that raised some eyebrows of country music fans? Well, the title of her following album, Would You Lay With Me?, in a field of stone, was one of them because of its suggestive lyrics.
2: Would you lay with me in a field
3: of stone? If my needs were strong, would you lay with me? This track was written by David Allen Coe, and it became another number one hit for the 15-year-old singer. Wow. Plus, it garnered so much attention that it got her on the cover of Rolling Stone in 1974. Are you ready for this headline, Amber? Yes. It said, Hi, I'm Tanya Tucker. I'm 15, and you're going to hear from me.
0: Well, she was right. She was right.
3: At this point, she already earned an ACM award for most promising female vocalist. But what she didn't know was that a Grammy nomination was coming her way soon. In 1980, she earned this nod for her song Dream Lover, which she recorded with Glenn Campbell, who was 22 years older than she was.
0: Once again, she saw her face on the cover of a magazine, but this time, it was people, and Glenn was also featured with her. The story was about their wild love affair, and the tabloids were all over it.
3: That was a very tumultuous relationship. People around Nashville still
0: talk about it. They were engaged after five months of dating, but never actually tied the knot.
3: Now, as much as I love relationship drama, we may be getting a bit off track,
0: so let's jump back into the music. (laughs) All right, all right. Tanya had several more number one songs in the 80s, such as If It Don't Come Easy, which combined her soulful sound with some good life advice, and the lead single and title track to her 1988 project, Strong Enough to Bend. At
3: the start of the 90s, Tanya earned the number two spot on the country charts for her tale about young love, titled Two Sparrows in a Hurricane. She sings about a teenage relationship that turns into a lifetime together, and of course, they hit all the normal struggles along the way.
2: In
0: a to find their way. This track was featured on her record, Can't Run From Yourself, which reached its 30th anniversary earlier this month. Then, in 2019, after a 17-year hiatus, Taina released an album called While I'm Livin' that was produced by Brandi Carlisle and Shooter Jennings. Fun fact,
3: on the back cover of this album, she's wearing one of Glenn Campbell's old white jumpsuits. Tanya was a huge inspiration on Brandy. I interviewed them on a red carpet once and I'm telling you, Brandy could have programmed this entire segment. <laughs> I was seven. I heard San Antonio stroll and I sang that song on stage at a place called the Northwest Grand Ole Opry and then I sang What's Your Mama's Name and Delta Dawn. Right up through the 80s was singing Two Sparrows in a Hurricane, Last Tear Drop, Strong Enough to Bend. I, I was the biggest Tanya Tucker fan when I was a little girl and now I'm a
0: bigger fan of Tanya Tucker now that I'm a woman. Five decades into her career, Tanya finally won on her first and second grammy awards best country album for while i'm living and best country song for bring my flowers now
2: bring my flowers now
3: while i'm living i won't need your love when i'm gone during a recent visit to the today show tanya revealed that she told that line to loretta lynn who told
0: her to write it and tanya did Her career is nowhere near over yet. In fact, she's entering into a whole new chapter. Her most recent single, Ready As I'll Never Be, was co-written with Brandy and is featured in the end credits of her Sony Pictures documentary, The Return of Tanya Tucker. Wait. A documentary? I need to go watch this. It releases nationwide on November 4th. The project showcases her creative process throughout her career and gives an overall look into her life and how it led her to this stage of her music. I definitely have to check that out. I just love chatting about Tanya today,
3: but I do wish we had more time because there are so many songs we just couldn't get to, including her covers of John Prine's Angel from Montgomery and Miranda Lambert's The House
0: That Built Me both of which you can hear on the Amazon Music Playlist, Rediscover Tanya Tucker, alongside Tanya's duets with Loretta Lynn, Emmylou Harris, Paul Overstreet, and more. We are out of time and out of months. This is our last show for Country Music Month, but we celebrate country music every month around here. And next week, we celebrate with the most nominated artist at the upcoming CMA Awards, Lainey Wilson. That's right. We're counting down
3: the days until the 56th annual CMA Awards, and we're getting you ready with
0: everything you need to know to enjoy the show. For now, all you need to know is that Country Music's Biggest Night happens Wednesday, November 9th, here in Nashville. And Luke Bryan and Peyton Manning
3: are hosting. We'll tell you more next week. Happy Halloween, everybody.
0: Throughout Country Music Month, we've been asking the artists if you could go back in time and tour with any artist, who would it be? Mickey Guyton had a list.
3: I would definitely go on tour with Shania Twain, Leanne Rhimes, and Dolly Parton, and Faith Hill. I would love to go on tour with any of them. I could keep going.
0: I would see that tour. Me too. Here are some more
3: potentially surprising answers from Ashley McBride, Sam Williams, Kimberly from Little Big Town, and Walker Hayes, Patsy Klein, Dolly Parton. Dolly.
1: I would love to go out with Don Williams, just bangers, top to bottom, all his records.
0: I have to admit, I can't believe Sam didn't say his grandfather, Hank Sr. And I wasn't expecting Don Williams from Walker Hayes. But let the record
3: reflect, Dolly definitely won that round. <laughs>
0: Country Heat Weekly is a production of Amazon Music and Wondery. Executive producer is Melissa Locker for Nevermind Media. Senior producer is Joyce Reiser. Recording engineer, Aaron Dethridge. Sound design by Debbie Daughtry.
3: Production assistance from Tim Einenkel, Annie Reuter, Madeline O'Connell,
0: Rick Hamilton, and Jeremy Chua. Our theme song, Country Time, was written and performed by Mia Byrne. The team for Amazon Music and Wondery includes Nathan Brackett, Michelle Kammerer, Emily Feld, Callum Pluse, Emily Belote, and Jenny Tay. The executive producers for Wondery are Dave Easton and Marshall Louie. Critical production support from Marley, Steve,
3: Grace, Winnie, Moses, Wicket, Jake, Osmo, Abby, and all the other very good dogs out there.
0: Find and follow Country Heat Weekly on Amazon Music or wherever you listen to podcasts so you get the latest episodes just as soon as they drop.